Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Maribel Ortega, who is a confidence coach, podcaster, speaker, and mentor. Maribel, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks very much for inviting me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thanks for coming on. And for you guys who are watching this on YouTube, I'm wearing a coat right now because it is 30 degrees in Texas. And that is about as cold as it ever gets. And I'm freezing. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we're going to jump right in. We love to start with just hearing a little bit about you and what you like to do for fun. I am originally from the Dominican Republic. I grew up and was born in Santo Domingo. So that is connected to what the stuff I like to do in the free time, which is listening to music, especially reggaeton and uh, merengue, salsa, and dancing it. So I I really enjoy that. Um, Apart from that, I like uh, weight training um, and reading. As you can see, I went, uh, I, I studied literature at university and reading is my passion. Back then when I had time and I was only a student, I, I used to read like a book a, a week. Now nah, it's gotten slower, but, but still that's one of the things that I like to do in my free time. I love it. I love it. And tell us about being a confidence coach and what your podcast is about, the stuff you speak on, kind of what mm-hmm. you're doing day to day. Yeah. So um, my that's basically my my passion. When I was a teenager, I was very shy. I was introverted. I was filled with self-doubt. I wouldn't speak up. Even as, as, as a little girl, I, I was, you know, kind of like afraid. Oh, can I ask them that I want to play with them? And I, I, I wouldn't even dare. And um, that works well for women when they're in their home because they get this, um, they get rewarded when they're good girls. Like if boys are not good, they're like, okay, they're boys. That's okay. And, and, and they are rewarded for taking risks for, for having a different opinion. I mean, obviously I'm generalizing. Okay. Um, And because in my twenties, when, when I was at university and when I started working, I realized it was like a a real heart shock. This doesn't work. If I'm good to everyone and if I please everyone, I'm not going to get what I need. So that was like a, a, a 10 year process where I learned how to speak up, how to give my opinion, how to say no, how to tell people what are my boundaries. And from that, or, or that's how I discovered that this is what I want to do and is support other people in becoming more confident in being more assertive and um, in that way, having more respectful relationships with other people. In my podcast, my podcast is called uh, Audaciousness. I co-host this with uh, a good friend and colleague, Helen Strong. We talk, we showcase bold and audacious people. And in, in our interview, we try to find out what motivated them, what were the things that were keeping them from going and reach out and, and do that goal. And this is the second year that, that we're going to be continuing doing that, that kind of uh, conversations. And it's just fun. I've met so many amazing, great people in our podcast. Yeah. So that went so well that we're continuing. There we go. There we go. Well, I love that. In interviewing so many um, kind of audacious and confident people, tell us a little bit about, for those out there who are listening, maybe they're in their early 20s and they're entering the professional world and they're realizing for the first time that they're lacking in confidence. Tell them about 
um, some first steps that they can take to start to build that confidence, start to build that relationship with themselves. Okay. In order to increase your self-confidence, first you need to understand what self-confidence is. And self-confidence is not blah, blah, some kind of definition. Self-confidence is taking action. That's the first thing. So it's doing things, doing things that maybe you're a little bit afraid to do, but with that fear, doing them anyway. And the second thing that you need to know is that self-confidence is not static, luckily. So if, if, if we say that there's uh, like um, a measure or a scale from one to 10 of where your self-confidence is, and you say, oh, right now it's kind of like a six, um, you can with doing risky, um, you know, risky meaning things that you fear, we're doing that kind of, we're taking risks and focusing on taking action, not focusing on the result, focusing on, I did it. I, I was able to speak up. I, I uh, asked that girl for a date, regardless of what the result in the end was, you need to focus on that. That's the first thing that, that I would like to say. So taking risks from your perspective, it really doesn't matter where you feel that you are. The second thing is you are your comparison. You have got to stop comparing yourself with somebody else because you are comparing two things that cannot be compared. Maybe you're, you are, if you're, um, let's say you're thinking, oh, how many followers do I have on Instagram? For example, just, just, just to give you an example. And, um, and let's say you have 500 and like, oh my God, I only have 500 and that, that other guy or, or that other girl has 3000. Well, you don't know when they started posting. You don't know how consistent they have been. And you're comparing your 10th step with their 115th step. Is that fair to compare? No, it isn't. So if you, if you see things with a growth mindset, then you're only comparison should be yourself and what you need to do is to think where was I six months ago and where am I now and then consider from the point where I am now where can I where can I be in three months and that comparison with yourself will serve you a lot more than comparing yourself uh, with other people those are just a couple of pointers there's lots more that I could say but I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to talk without letting you ask me Tim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think something else I kind of want to ask a bit about before we move on is you know when you're comparing yourself with other people, you kind of get that negative self-talk that can kind of enter your mind, you know, you'll compare yourself with other people and you'll be like, "Ah, oh, but I'm not there yet. And I suck and this and that." And that negative self-talk can really contribute to that low self-confidence kind of analysis paralysis, not taking action. So um, what would you say to that person who it's kind of like a habit for them to enter that negative self-talk? Like how do they start to break that habit and speak positively and uh, see themselves in a true manner, not in such a uh, degrading manner? Beautiful. You have said already super important things to see yourself in the true manner. First of all, that inner critic, we all have it. People with lower self-confidence or not at a healthy level of self-confidence, what happens with them is that, and you said the word habit, and, and it is a habit that, that you create, and luckily that you can also stop creating other new habits that override that one. The, the thing that people with a lower self-confidence do is that they believe that that inner voice, that that inner critical voice is the only voice that there is. So let's imagine that that voice just is like really at the maximum volume and that's all you're listening. Oh, you shouldn't apply for the job. You don't have enough experience. You need to take another course. Oh no, um, I'm not going to try that out. I'm not going to do that well. And then it's just constantly that monotonous, negative inner discourse that it just putting you down. 
that voice is not you. That's just one voice in your head. And usually that voice represents someone from your childhood or your teenage years or maybe your first work experiences when your personality especially in childhood and teenage years when your personality is being created and one important person in your life or caretaker was particularly critical and then if you listen to that again and again and again it could be your father or your mother or the English teacher or or the coach or someone and it can be that they didn't mean it badly but it had a negative impact and what you need to do is to find out okay who is that voice maybe it's a couple of voices it depends on on your own personal experiences and then find out okay what experience in my past um or who in my past used to criticize me a lot. And the thing is that when we listen something on repeat, in the end, we believe it, even if it's not true. Even in, if we, because this is something that I see a lot with my clients that they tell me, I know I'm, com I'm competent and I know I know this. I, I just don't dare tell other people. And that is that self-doubt and that inner critic. And that's just learned because you have listened to it so many times. Um, and there's this saying, oh, I think it was Henry Ford who say, if you think you can do it or you can't, it's probably true because it's just your attitude. I don't think I can do it. Now, well, certainly you won't. Um, so So coming back to the inner critic is, first of all, realize that's not you. That's just one voice in your head um, or one, one opinion that you have just listened to so many times that it's ingrained in you. The second thing is there is another voice inside, and it's the voice of rational thinking. And how do you... How do you know which one is thinking? The inner critic sees things black and white. I'm going to fail or it's going to be great. I can do it or I can't. So like in, 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 in dichotomies. And life is not like that. Your voice of rational thinking will say, hmm, I can't do that yet. But maybe if I practice a little bit, I'll be able to nail that presentation. Um, and it's a lot more solution focused and not victim focused, like, oh, I can't do it. I will, I will, I'll never be able to, to learn that thing. So first is analyzing who is speaking here. Is it, is it my rational thinking? Is it me really? Or is it this voice? We all have it. And what you need to do, first of all, is understand that it's that inner critic and it's okay and one technique that I can share with you how to deal with the inner critic once you have realized it's that inner critic is to depersonalize it so like create a character for that inner critic Um, maybe you want, you say, okay, that inner critic in me is like, it's Bugs Bunny or whatever, make, make a caricature out of it, make fun of it. Uh, or in my case, my inner critic is little Maribel when she was five years old. And usually the inner critic voice is wanting to protect you from embarrassment, from making mistakes But the thing is that you know, or your, your, your rational thinking brain knows, without making mistakes, people don't learn. And without taking risks, we don't gain anything most of the time, because we're just all the time in our comfort zone. And your adult version that knows the values that you add, that knows the things that you can do well, you just take over. And in my case, what I do is I tell the little girl, I mean, it's not me. I just look at her, you know, like on the side, you know what? It's okay. I've done this. I've spoken in front of 500 people before. I'm not nervous. I'm just excited. I've got this. I know you just want to protect me, but it's okay. I'm taking over. Um, 
and that is, there are more techniques, but um, I just want to share, for example, that one that you can use to to calm that that inner voice that just wants to protect you, but actually you don't need to be protected anymore. I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. Thanks for sharing. Sure, sure. Well, awesome. Let's jump into your motivation now. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Helping people, coaching people. When I am able to share like these techniques that I know, um, it just fills my soul. When I see people in my coaching practice, you know, when you're talking to someone and you're asking difficult questions and you see that their eyes, they go to the side when you ask a question and they go like, mm, that's when I know that was a good question because they are making people think. And the best that I can do is to, that, that, that's what basically coaching is, help people improve their thinking. I don't tell them what to do. That's the first thing that they need to learn. Coaching is not about me telling you what should you, what's the next step that you should do or what's the best decision for whatever problem that you have. What I do is to help you think more clearly and see situations that might that you might be seeing only from a negative perspective, help you see them from a, a better um, perspective and reframe situations so that you can take advantage of, of, of the positives that, that there are. There's nothing that is just negative. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I was actually looking at, uh, when I was looking at coaching a couple months ago, cause it kind of goes along with my podcast, lifestyle, passion coaching. I was, um, I was feeling insecure about it because of that, like, well, who's really going to listen to me and who's going to do this and who's going to do that. And then I was thinking about, um, you know, how much I love to ask really good questions that help people see things in a new light. And I was like, then I read this book on coaching and I was like, that's all like coaching really is helping people think about things and like transcend their upper limits um, with that clearer thinking. And so, yeah, it gave me a lot of confidence. So that concept right there, uh, worked a lot for me. <laughs> Excellent. So are you thinking of becoming a coach? I, I am. I have my, uh, I have a paid client. So, and I have a couple free clients that I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with. And so it's, uh, that's it's, nice. And, and, and may, may I ask where was the insecurity coming up for you? I think my age. So I'm 22. Mm -hmm. and don't have a bunch of life experience and a lot of people um who I was running into that would say they wanted life coaching were like they want life or career coaching and they're like 28 plus and so they're like why would I have a 22 year old why would I talk to a 22 year old about this stuff and so I was feeling insecure about that and just my lack of um on paper professional experience because I I would say I I get some of the like issues and I'm experienced with some of the issues because I've always been entrepreneurial. So I've always been kind of putting myself out there and failing, but it was like what I had on paper to show people results wise and experience wise was making me insecure. I see. Well, I believe that, I mean, 22 is young, but you are not a consultant on a particular area in coaching each person is their own expert. You, you, it, so no, nobody has my experience and my life experience and nobody has my life situation and neither and anyone has yours. So the best that other people can do is to help you think better. And I think that coaches who are young, you bring different assets that someone like me, I'm 45, with a lot more life experience, you bring other important assets, like I'm sure a lot more curiosity and a lot in, in analyzing different aspects of whatever dilemma the person can have. And another benefit of people who are very young is that you will try, I'm sure that you will come up 
or help the person come up with new solutions that they haven't thought of. Because the thing of getting older is that you have seen things so many times that, oh, I know the solution for that. I don't need to think about it. Um, but if it's the first time that you're seeing something, you're a lot, yeah, that curiosity changes, changes a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you're you. welcome. <laughs> well, awesome. Let's talk. And first, I want to say I totally would have guessed you were like 30. <laughs> so, <laughs> you look fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yep. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's jump into your dreams and goals now. Tell us a little bit about your vision for your life and your coaching company and podcast. Mm -hmm. One of the blessings and at the same time, I feel like the curse that I have is that I have so many ideas and I have ideas that, that like every day, oh, I could do this and I could do that and I could do that. And it's fantastic because it's very, um, it's engaging, it's motivating. But at the same time, there are so many that they, they can block me into following the action steps that I need to take in order to achieve um, if I wanted to in one of these ideas, if I want to convert it into a, a goal. Um, so it kind of like confuses me. So, and that's one of the things of self-confidence of seeing yourself with your strengths and your weaknesses and saying, I'm okay. I'm so cool like that. That's totally fine. So that's something that I, uh, that, that I know. Um, so if you ask me about visions, oh my goodness, Timmy, my visions are, oh, <laughs> to the stratosphere, they're super great. Now, in, in terms of my coaching business, what I would really like to create, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting the foundation now, is an academy specifically for women, and in general, I'm really open that or, or people who identify as women um, and who feel they are in a cocoon in the sense of maybe their self-confidence is not where they want to be. They have a lot of potential, but haven't achieved what they want to achieve. And in that academy, I would like to support women who are... Um, a corporate are getting divorced, have children and are thinking like, how am I going to do all this? It's possible. Um, or women who would like to take on leadership positions, but they they're lacking that assertiveness. So in, in or, or another thing that women tend to do is they like to give and give and give and give. And sometimes we forget. What about me? When am I going to take some time off just for me? And so including so wellness. So that would be like my dream to create an academy and not on my own together with some, with a business partner um, to offer different areas uh, for improvement uh, with retreats with, oh my goodness, what, many things. But, but this is, um, I'm just building my, my community now. Um, so that's, the area of the coaching and in terms of the book we are writing um in terms of the podcast sorry audaciousness we're writing a book that we want to publish in uh in autumn this year which is going to be the working title is the audaciousness book um and in that book we want to uh portray and to elicit what are the key things that all these audacious people, the, the patterns, what are the things that they had to overcome and how they were able to overcome it. And it, it's really interesting at uh, look, reading back all those interviews and trying to distill what are the most important learnings from all these audacious people. That's where I'm at. I love that. That sounds like a great book. I'll have to keep following you so I can buy it. Sure. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So create an academy for women who feel like they're in a cocoon. Publish the audaciousness book. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to mention? Oh, I would like to, but, but this is a, a longer one. Uh, I would like to live in a warm place. So my, I, um, I, I live in central Europe right now. So as you can see, cold, just like tech, like in Texas right now. <laughs> um, and ideally I, I, I would live half of the year. Uh, maybe when I'm 50, I can, I can achieve that dream. I would leave half of the year uh, somewhere warm, maybe Spain. So that's, uh, that's another thing that, um, yes, that, that I would like to achieve. Happy to hear the story from the Dominican Republic to Munich. Like what took you from the DR? <laughs> well, um, basically I came to Germany. I, I went to university in 2000 and, oh, in 2002, I, I came to study. I studied, uh, literature. And before that I met the, um, the father of my daughter. I have a 20 year old daughter <laughs> and my, my daughter was born in Chile. So when I met him, we moved to Chile. And my daughter was born there. After that, we moved to, to Switzerland. I lived there for a year in Zurich. And later, we moved to Germany. And that's when I decided, oh, uh, we're going to stay here for a while. And, um, and then I, I, I went to university there. So that's like from, uh, from the Caribbean to South America to, to Europe. And this is where I've stayed then in the, for the past uh, 20 years. And um, the thing is, you know, in the, the, the Dominican Republic is a, a poor country. And I had always been, I had this dream of be, becoming a writer, you know, these dreams that we have when we're like, you know, children. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be this writer of novels and blah, blah. Um, <laughs> But the thing is that you cannot study literature in the Dominican Republic. You know, just literature itself, like you can do in the U.S. or, you know, in industrialized countries with big universities. The only thing you can do there, at le or at least back then in 1994, um, um, you could only study literature to become a teacher. And uh, I... Um, I, I never wanted to do that. So my chance came when a couple of, of years later, when, when I was here in Germany. And that was, th that's one of the things that some people ask me, but you studied literature and, and for what? Because some people decide to study something at university with a very clear goal of what it is that they're going to do. Oh, you study literature, you want to be a taxi driver, right? <laughs> that was kind of like what people used to say. Um, but those five years, I, I did a bachelor and a master's um, in, in Latin American and, uh, and American literature. Those were the best five years of my life. I was doing what I really wanted to do and cared less you could call it idealistic or you could call it you're just following your passion and I had the luck that I that I could do it um it was just fantastic after that I uh, I I've done lots of things I was a corporate trainer in communication I, I was a business English trainer until I discovered this coaching which was like seven years ago and I discovered this is what I really need to do and if you see that that your life's journey is not like a perfect path I'm here to tell you it's okay for some people they know from the age of 17 this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do and for them is this this super clarity of what they want to achieve. And I say, beautiful, fantastic. For other people like me, the life, our path is like zigzag and trying different things. And that's what I tell 
my daughter, what I tell younger people or, or even my coaches, it's okay to, don't, to not know where you want to go. What you need to know is where you are now. And if you don't know where you want to go, that is, and, and if you don't know yet what your mission and your purpose in life is, that's perfectly okay. Until you know, then your mission is to find out what it is. And one, one thing that when, when we want answers soon, one thing that, that I have, yeah, I have gotten that with, with experience is to have trust in me and kind of like trust, trust in life, in the universe, um, things fall into place when they need to. And then you just trust in that, that things will be okay. Um, and then they are. At, at some time, then you know, this, this is why everything before happened that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that trust in yourself, in the universe, um, God, whoever you kind of... Whatever your your system of belief is, uh, then that's what you need to trust. Exactly. And that trust will generate a peace of mind that I often feel like is so much better than the actual end result you're imagining. Like most of the time, the thing we're shooting for has like peace of mind or freedom on the other side anyway. And so sometimes we like lose the like actual, um, we lose the opportunity to like experience the actual end result because we're like chasing after it so much, if that makes sense. That, that's what I found for myself at least where I'm like, why do I have all these goals and stuff? And I'm like, really, I, I want like peace of mind. I'm like, well, there's nothing stopping me from having that right now, <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> that's kind of the that's, that, that That's very profound. Uh, you see, age is irrelevant. <laughs> you can be whatever age and you can say really uh, in, interesting, intelligent uh, things like what you just said. I totally agree with that because it's about the journey. It's, it's not about, I mean, yes, you want to achieve your goals and that's important. But if you have ever achieved a goal, you know that you get like this high for a little bit and then you think okay what's next what's now and then you need another goal so actually what's really interesting is that um journey and and enjoying that journey to achieve your goal and and certainly that that peace of mind has more to do with being in connection with your authentic self. So like doing things that are connected with your values um, and at some point achieving your goals, but that, that, that's not the end of the journey. Then another goal will come and another goal will come. Um, and that happiness that people are striving for, I don't even know if, ha if happiness it is, it's exactly what we really need to be like, aiming for i would say more because happiness is just like a thing okay you you you're in love and during that initial phase oh your hormones are all, all over the place and then that's particularly like super happy but that doesn't stay then things like you know go back into normal or not everything is new or whatever that whatever it is new like changing moving to another country or a new job or a new uh, project or whatever it, it, you know, that initial excitement goes down again. And I think that it's more, it serves us more to strive for contentment. And that contentment has very little to do with money um, and, and really with achieving big goals. I'm not saying that that's not important, but that contentment is more connected with two important things from my perspective. One is acceptance, acceptance of 
your life situation. And acceptance doesn't mean that you don't want to change things for better things. Acceptance is, this is how it is. And how do I work with this? I'm going to give you later an example. And the second thing is practicing gratitude. Gratitude for the things that you have. So I think acceptance and gratitude are two key ingredients to living that contentment in your life every day. Um, and the example that I want to give with acceptance is I have a 13-year-old son. And my son, uh, Ricardo, was diagnosed with ADHD when he was five, and five or six, something like that. Um, and at the beginning, I was like, oh, my goodness, ADHD. That's why he like keeps changing from one game. To, so a lot of things started to, to, to make sense in the way that he behaved or he played. Um, and I had no idea at that point of neurodiversity, of people behaving in different ways. Because we're used to, you know, if you know the, the bell curve, you know, most of the people are like this, but then you have outliers that go in one direction and the other, and they're okay too. And for me, the key here was accepting. This is how it is. And now what do I do? How do I deal with this? Start learning what ADHD is. How can I help him? How can he learn better and not the way that I learn, but try to like get into his style and, and understand uh, what works for him. Um, so you see, accepting something doesn't mean that you're just going to close your, you know, cross your hands, cross your arms and say, oh, well, that's that, that's how it is. And I, I have to accept it. No, it's like, OK, this is the situation. Now I need an action plan to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think that's key mm -hmm. acceptance and gratitude. Well, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I guess my next question for you is if there were one or two people that you could meet, this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they would help you take the next step towards really getting that coaching um, academy set up or getting your book published, who would they be and how would they help you? A business strategist? would be one person. So I'm not going to name anyone in particular, but a business strategist um, who helps me get clarity with all this fog of ideas that I have to kind of like reduce that and focus into something that works. Um so that it's, from a business perspective, successful. Um, so that's one thing. Um, a business partner that it's kind of like in my own wavelength, that would be, because I, I don't want to go at it alone. Um, but the thing is that I have probably found both of them already. So... Uh, Maybe my wishes are coming true already. Um, that's uh, from the side of the, um, of the business. And in terms of the book, I would love to, um, to have a mentor and that in a mentor to help me and my uh, co co-writer and co-host Helen um, in uh, that to help us with their experience uh, how to best self-publish and promote a book. I don't have that mentor yet so if you're listening to this conversation reach out to me. There we go. But, yeah those will be the two things. Awesome. Well, what's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams and goals? Mm. So would it be like sending women 
to you to like help start the practice, introducing you to that mentor? Like what are some of those things? Mm, okay. So in general, support women. Mm. I don't care your gender, your sexual orientation, whatever you are, you're a human being, support women, especially if you are in a position that where you can make decisions in companies or in your own business, then make sure that equity and diversity and inclusion are important and, and you practice them. Because um, the thing is that there are so many biases. March 8th, the International Women's Day is coming up. And the motto for this year is, um, ah, I don't remember exactly, but something like fight the biases. Because we have so many, so many biases already that women can't do a particular kind of work. Um, so that is one thing that regardless, it, that's not definitely not necessarily connected with the academy that I would like to, to build, but indirectly you are supporting me. And if you know women who are guilty because of their education of um, not taking risks or doubting themselves, send them my way or help them see that it doesn't have to be that way and that you can do things, learn techniques to increase your self-love and to increase self-confidence. When you increase your self-confidence, that's like the basis for everything else in your life to work. I love it. Mm. I love it. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. First question okay. is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Movie. Frida. Definitely. Mm. An icon of uh, feminism, femininity, and acceptance. Frida had a mustache, and she loved her mustache. You know, kind of like a, um, and in Mexico and, and, and I mean, all over the world, a symbol of striving and fighting for, for your dreams. And that movie that, uh, help me, Salma Hayek uh, performed uh, this, the, the, the part of Frida is just beautiful. I think the, the, the movie is already 20 years old for me. It's like, it's totally new and fresh. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great movie. I love it. Frida. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, taking weekends off just for myself or with a girlfriend and going somewhere interesting since i live in central europe here is really easy to travel to another country so by car or by train you're in another country really quickly and taking that time uh just for me that's something that that's very important that's self-care love it love it there we go and what is one action step that you can take right now to meet that mentor that will help you self-publish and self-promote your book or, you know, just take that next step towards the Academy for women. You're coaching me, huh? The <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a coaching question. What's the next step? The <laughs> next step would be on LinkedIn. That's where I hang out most of the time. Um, to reach out to my network and ask, is there anyone in my network who has experienced self-publishing books? I would like to learn from you and see who responds to that. Hmm, I rather like that. Thank yeah. you. I love that question. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. So we're going to post it on LinkedIn later today. 
Yeah, sure. Epic. Epic. Sure. I'm inspired now by your question. <laughs> awesome. Well, we have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. It requires a bit of pretext. So you know how there are people on the planet who kind of have that fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. Sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make that switch at some point in their life to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change for people? Realizing that you don't have all the answers and that that's okay. So when you realize that accepting help is okay and that you don't have to prove yourself all the time, then you switch from trying to prove that you're good to learning, and then, in fact, becoming better. Mm. I, like I think that. that's the key of switching from fixed fix mindset to, to a growth mindset. I love that a lot. That is a unique answer. I ask this question at the end of every podcast, and a lot of times it's like rock bottom, um, kind of like self-awareness, but um, I really like what you said here. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks yeah. very much. There we go. Well, awesome. Maribel, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? I want to ask you, how are you going to survive this cold day in Texas? (laughs) So after we get off this podcast, I'm going to wrap a blanket around my legs and wrap a blanket around my upper body while keeping everything I have on. And um, I'm going to eat hot food. I'm probably going to take a hot shower in the middle of the day to kind of reset my body. And then I'll bundle up real quick again. But yeah, there's also a problem with my window. So air is kind of seeping in through my window right now. That's the issue. Right in front of me. So (laughs) I might not spend as much time right in front of my window as I usually do. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the other thing is last time it froze like this in Texas, you know, it, get, it so rarely gets cold like this in Texas that it like shut down everything. Like our pipes froze, the energy went out. Like we didn't. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like people's food was spoiling. Nobody, some people didn't have access to water. And it was just like, you know, obviously um, we're so lucky to always have access to those things that people were freaking out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that does not happen again. I hope my energy stays on. But super. <laughs> May I ask you another question? Yeah, go for it. I've your what you shared with me about you being a coach and and self-doubt. I want to ask you one question related to that, if that's okay. Absolutely. How can you see yourself? What, sorry, let let me rephrase that. What benefit as someone with an entrepreneurial mindset and so full of energy, as I can see that you are, what benefits do you bring to your clients as a coach that make you different and for then and then special? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the thing that I think is really different is I really love walking through the storm with people, if that makes sense. And I have a really huge commitment to my clients, which is why I was kind of, here's why I started coaching. (laughs) I started coaching because I was doing it anyway. And I was just like, Ooh, I love this. This is the only thing that gives me energy. I want to spend the rest of my life walking through problems with people and helping them think through these problems. And like those like uh, aha moments when you ask 
people a good question, like, I like to live for that. It gives me energy. So this is weird. I don't know how I like, um, I don't know if this is a completely good thing, but I think the root of it is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I've always been more committed to like, not more committed, but more buy-in for like other people becoming successful than I've almost had for my own success, if that makes sense. Like it gives me so much energy to like see somebody come through barriers um, that like I've dealt with before and like, you know, maybe I'm still dealing with it. So um, maybe I've had that breakthrough and it's still kind of on my mind, but then seeing somebody else have that breakthrough and then being in it together, I just love that. And so I've wanted to build a coaching practice where I can do that with people, which means I'm insanely committed to people, which is, it's weird because not everybody wants that is something I've learned. Not everybody wants that uh, insane commitment from a coach, but um, I am. And I'll like, I'll walk through it with you like for as long as you want me there. (laughs) So um, I would say that almost annoying commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. You, you just need to find the people who resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing is, like when I'm thinking long-term in my head, it's not even something I always receive money for, but something I've been learning, you know, I think it's honestly one of my limiting beliefs that I need to continue to kind of work through is like, one, receiving money is not a bad thing. That's the first thing. (laughs) Um, But um, also, if it frees me up to like, do what I'm really passionate about and impact people in a way that is so much more valuable and tangible than money. I need to accept it. Like it's almost bad form not to accept it. If it frees me up to do that thing that is so impactful. So just some more things that kind of run through my head. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely when you have a thriving business, you can help more people. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I got to keep in my head with the coaching and all that. So yeah, I'm sure you'll get there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, Maribel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It was a fantastic. I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for inviting me. Um, yes. And I wish you all the best with your podcast. I appreciate it. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved Maribel, you loved what she had to say, make sure to go follow her podcast, be on the lookout for her book and share it with all of your friends. Also, make sure to, what was the one thing you asked them to do? Was it serve women, empower women? Empower women. There we go. Yes. Make sure to spend time empowering and supporting women. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.